the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me. If it wasn't happening, you wouldn't believe what the Democrats say. You wouldn't believe it because you live it. And you understand how we are devolving into Nicaragua, El Salvador, some other third world hellhole, wherever the Democrats are. You understand when you take a look at the empty buildings in what used to be the financial district in the loop, when you look at what was called the Magnificent Mile, when you turn on your local news, let alone when you open your insurance bill. Car insurances have doubled in most cases in Democrat ghettos because the crime is astronomical, parabolic, as the agenda of the Nazi sympathizing fraud, George Soros, by implementing the Marxist mafia in charge of law enforcement. Yeah, you are. And you destroyed the principle of law itself. And you see it right before your very eyes. Yet here he is. The only president this country's ever had who has been deemed unfit to stand trial. But just fit enough to continue to be the president of the country. As president, public safety, public safety and crime reduction is a top priority for my administration and for me. Wrong. 130 Americans, 130,000. Americans have died from one specific drug that is being smuggled in to our country. It is unprecedented. To give you an idea, we lost 58,000 soldiers in Vietnam. That lasted years. We lost 130,000 Americans to one fracking drug as the Sinaloa, New Generation, and every other degenerate third world lowlife scumbag brings drugs into our country. No law enforcement in Democrat areas can seem to stop it. None. Yet I couldn't help but notice today uh, Tom Dart. Tom Dart is a punchline of a human being. Tom Dart is a Democrat scum who somehow has been allowed to pretend to be a sheriff as he pretends to be doing what exactly? You may notice more billboards in Cook County raising awareness for Illinois' red flag laws. Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart says the laws let family or roommates file an order to remove guns from a person who could be a danger to themselves or those around them. Police can then go into a home and take those guns. He says most of the... See, now that law, that's not directed at anybody other than you and me. That's what that law is, because we followed the rules of getting the gun. In the meantime, Tom Dart with your stupid hairdo. Hey, moron, why can't you get the guns out of the gangster disciples or the cartels or the drug-dealing scourge that have destroyed the once great city? Because that's not what the fascist scum calling themselves Democrats want to do. This is a threat to you and me. Because what this is intended for 
isn't any, it's not going to stop one gun from one illegal alien scumbag lowlife rat. Not one gun from any cartel member or gangster disciple or whatever the hell they're calling themselves, the CPS honor students. Not one. This will only be used for law enforcement to confiscate the guns of people who registered their guns. It's absolutely beautiful. Firearms you see here came from one home where the law was used. Sheriff Dart says although it was passed in 2019, it's only been used dozens of times each year. It's just very frustrating because there's so much of this we cannot prevent. There's so much we can, though. Sheriff Dart's office is sponsoring 30 billboards across Cook County. How much is that? I mean, that Dimwood and Dalton blew, what, 200000 on billboards? How much did Cook County spend? Because Cook County's a Democrat-run ghetto, a sewer, and an example of why Democrats are known to be nothing but what Joe Biden did today. Habitual, compulsive liars and frauds. It has been for a long time, back when I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. No, all you did when you were chairman of Judiciary Committee is cook up scandals against Republican Supreme Court nominees like Clarence Thomas. In the meantime, what you really represent is absolute and total fascism. We're going to finish the job. We're going to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines next time around because it has to be done. What did that third-world, narrow-headed Venezuelan scum kill that beautiful young American nurse student with? Was it a high-capacity rifle? But you're going to ban high-capacity rifles. Rifles aren't what's killing people. Democrats are killing people. And Democrat law enforcement is feckless at best. There is no greater responsibility than to ensure the safety of families, children, communities, and our nation. Well, then resign. You resign and take Tom Dart and every other low-life roach Democrat that destroyed every once great city in this country. Take them with, because they suck at their job. And in the meantime, you're also cowards. I've known it for years. Every Democrat I ever met in my life was a coward. Karina, has the president spoken to the family of Lake and Hope Riley, the young Georgia student who was murdered allegedly at the hands of an undocumented immigrant? So, first of all, I, I do want to extend uh, our deepest condolences to the family and loved ones of Lake and Hope Riley. Uh, given this, Take your condolences and shove them. But it, something tells me you would call that a Saturday night. This is an active uh, case. I'm going to be really careful about uh, speaking to that case more specifically. would have to refer any anything specific to that uh, to that case to law enforcement and obviously ICE. And I, the president, I don't have anything uh, 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 regarding to the president speaking to the family, but it is heartbreaking. I, I can't even imagine what. Of course you cannot imagine because you're a low-life roach who acquired $14 million without ever making more than 200000 a year because you're a mafia member. You're not a normal fracking person. But here's the thing you have to understand. The people of Atlanta, the people of Georgia, the people who have been victimized by your Democrat rat stupidity, they're getting awful sick and tired of you people. Does that give the, you say it's only a term and definition, but does that give the impression that this is a sanctuary city? I appreciate the question. Thank you very much for asking. I need to be able to answer clearly, so I'll need the voices in the room to listen. Appreciate that. Are you gonna res- I love I love the arrogance of these low life rat failure Democrats. I love the arrogance. This bald morphodite fraud who declared this city a sanctuary city and the result of which is the dead beautiful American at the hands of the ugly third world morphodite. What, what I'd like to note is that here in Athens Clark County we center our work in the public sector 
You need to go, sir. We don't want to hear from you no more. You're not defending us. You're not upholding your oath of office, sir. You are lawless. You are a criminal. I'm trying to ask a question. So your press members. If non-members of the press. Yeah, I'm a press member. Might be asked to leave. The people. We created this government and we pay your salary. You do what we want you to do. I think he's talking to Tom Dart. Hey, you with the stupid hairdo. Why don't you listen up, fraud? Not what you want to do. Not That's the problem agenda. with this lawlessness in our country. Uh, you know what? Get Tom Dart on the phone. I'd like to uh, file a red flag law. I believe that every low-life gangster disciple, drug-dealing scum on every corner and every part of the city now, I think, I think they're a danger. And I think they should have their guns taken away, you moron. I've received many calls, many emails, many queries from the press in recent days about this notion of a sanctuary city. And so I want to lay some things to rest here today. This term sanctuary city doesn't have a sole legal or procedural definition. What? This is how you know this roach Democrat fraud is probably some smarmy, creepy slip and fall lawyer. Of course it does. But you want to work in the ambiguity. Of 1984, two and two is five. Right, fraud? You declared it a sanctuary city. And like a magnet, like Chicago and New York and New Jersey, pick a Democrat ghetto. You brought in all of the scum who have destroyed the quality of life for the decent people. The ones who pay taxes. That's another thing. I'm getting sick and tired of the idea that these welfare roaches who are clothed and fed and housed with my money somehow are equal. You're not fracking equal. You're a leech on the ass of society. You're a Democrat. You can look in Georgia statute and you can find a clear definition for a unified government. You can look in contractual language and you can find out exactly what it means to be an SEC institution. Sanctuary City doesn't track with either of those. So what is it? It's a it's an anomaly. It's a it's a verbiage anomaly. It doesn't mean anything. It just means we love you. We love you. And we don't like Trump. And so. That term means different things to different people depending on the context of the discussion. No, it doesn't, Democrat, shyster, scumbag, fraud. What it means is that you've nullified our immigration law. And what it means is that the good people will be overtaxed and abused by third world filthy animals like that Venezuelan scumbag. Did anybody shiv that piece of dung yet that killed that beautiful nursing student? Well, 2019 was not that long ago. You might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country. You mean the prosperous one? You mean, hey, you, hey, you Democrat, low-life scumbag. Do you mean the one where that had the lowest illegal immigration on recorded history? Safety, prosperity, the air was cleaner. And now look at what you've done. Since you allowed this dementia patient to pretend to be president after he stole the election, you've got more and more people not just getting their cars stolen, not getting their houses burglarized, which you do, or raped. What you have now is murder, you rat. Where you had the President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign-born. See, now this is what you have to understand. This is why all of the so-called conservative never-Trumpers come. Where are you, Jonah Goldberg? Hey, Fetzo, where are you? How about you, Stephen Hayes? Where's all the never-Trumpers scum? Because they, too, are culpable for this. And you had that notion oh, metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. Sanctuary City doesn't track with either of those. And so 
That term means different things to different people depending on the context of the discussion. That's the problem with the psychological takeover of facts and law. Because that doesn't mean different things to different people. It means the same fracking thing. It means that Democrat politicians, lawyers, district attorneys, and police will turn a blind eye to specific favored criminals. And if you think it only applies to low-life scum, you'd be wrong. It applies to the kids of low-life scum who happen to be multi-multi-millionaires and elected Democrats. The Pelosi avoids federal charges again. Bill Garlock and Gina Rodriguez, two fraudsters connected to Nancy Pelosi's son, Paul Pelosi Jr., are facing sentencing over money laundering and mail fraud. Now, Squirrel, did you think I was going to play the crack-smoking, sister-in-law, banging, whore-mongering son of the president? No, no, no. This is every one of these Democrats. It's like Chicago. Like the fruit of the loins of the Morphodite dailies, the nephews that kill kids, and all the rest of the scandal that gets away. The Democrat scum get away with absolute chaos and murder. You don't have to just be an illegal alien to do it. The fact is, no one is above the law. The investigation highlights deceptive real estate dealings, particularly a flop house in the Mission District where Pelosi Jr. was... Whoa, 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 Letitia! Hey, Fetzo, pull yourself away from the buffet. Did you hear about this fraudulent real estate deal that Paul Stinky Hammers Pelosi and uh, Nancy, the the old uh, drunk from the 80s? Get off the table, whore. Yeah, her. Their their kid was involved in a fraudulent real estate deal. Did you hear about it, Letitia? Reportedly involved in a bribery scheme to secure building permits. No one is above the law. It's being reported that this is the seventh federal case in which Pelosi Jr. has been implicated, and despite being identified as a briber in documents, he's not faced an indictment. Seven times, and he's skipping through the tulips, probably with his father's boyfriend, skipping through the tulips. In the meantime, did you think that something would come from the low-life scum bag man? For his father, the dimwood in diapers, some call president. All right. Well, thank you very much for being here this morning. Obviously, this is a big day. Uh, this is the day that uh, the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees will be deposing Hunter Biden. Uh, we're deposing Hunter Biden because he's a key witness in our investigation of President Joe Biden. Our committees have unearthed substantial evidence of President Biden and his family's corruption. The Bidens created 20 shell companies most of which were created when Joe Biden was vice president. And for anyone who doesn't understand what a shell company is, and I'm talking to the Associated Press here, a shell company... The reason that it sounds like he's in a hallway is because he is. And that's why you'll never see it on mainstream media. The sitting president created 20 LLCs with his scumbag, crack-smoking, whoremonger, sister-in-law, banging son. 20 LLCs while he was the vice president. Why? So he could funnel bribery! And you know how I like to say 24 million, Squirrel? It's 30 and counting. But his physical went well. People actually believe he didn't soil his socks. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Chicken. 
The idea that the sheriff of Cook County, not only the most crooked, the most scandal-ridden, the most bankrupt, financially frauded county in the country, brags about red flag laws, you failure, you fraud, you bust out, which means... You've got a long future in the Democrat Party. After all, you've been telling that story of phony accomplishments for what? At least 10 years, maybe even more, with that stupid hairdo. Like you think it's 1972, you moron. Bart in his car. Hey, dude, I am livid. I can't believe this. i got to tell you something. I So let's say a couple guys say... One's Art and one is Sean, but with a W. And they are carrying out law for years. And then they decide to jump through the hoops and take the classes and then pay the, the, the myriad, you know, fees. And I question the constitutionality of that to begin with. And now this is, you're going to lose the third world in here. And I can't defend my family. I We've hit maximum density. Well, why do you think the teachers, this is, this is for a couple of years now. Teachers and doctors were asking kids, do your mom and dad have guns? Why do you think that was happening? You know, the reality is this play that you are at with this dimwit in diapers has been in motion for a decade, maybe more, where the Democrat mafia decided that the problem with this country are people like me, tax paying people who have followed the rules, all of their fascistic rules, get a license, buy a gun. I was better off in the 80s when I still carried a gun. Because I'll never let the government disarm me and turn me into a victim. Never. And that's why I don't live in that ghetto anymore. Sorry, just the fact. Red, Elmwood Park. Yeah, you know, they violate the Constitution. The Constitution says shall not be infringed. Constitution and is like somebody, Swiss cheese. If somebody is really suicidal... Why do they confiscate their property? Why don't they just shut off their gas and electric? Or what you could do and if you're really suicidal is take the red line to the loop. That's what you could do if you're really the, suicidal. In the complicit media, if the fascists ever take over, they'll be the first to be purged. Red, this is what I want to tell you. The fascists are in very important position. Tom Dart is a fascist. Tom Dart is an absolute unmitigated failure. He's never achieved anything but chaos. Yet here he is complaining, if I only had the ability to kick in the doors of registered gun owners, those people who took all the courses and got their concealed carry license, if I could just take their guns, it'll be great. Like the city of Chicago or the Red Line. John in Bensonville. Hi. So my question is, I don't know that much about LLCs, but this Biden crime family, they all belong to this LLC. Don't they have to pay income tax? Extensions, if, John. LLC pays income tax. Extensions. They didn't pay it, and they're in trouble. Well, that's what the IRS whistleblowers said. They filed extensions for four years, three years, five years. They don't pay. You, Why do you think I played the Pelosi clip, John? Nancy Pelosi's son, like the Daly's nephew. They get away with anything, anything they want to do. And this is the, the tale of, of a corrupt nation. This is why, John, it's sad. But we've been mistaking the Democrats for a political party. They're not a political party. It's a company with no assets or no known purpose. We've determined that the Bidens had 20 shell companies. No known purpose. The Bidens and their associates raked in over $30 million from China, Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, Romania, and Democrat donors. 
Kazakhstan. What the hell kind of business you got in Kazakhstan? Oh, I know what kind. Some oligarch drops off a bag to your crack-smoking, whoremongering, degenerate kid. And you pass a law that enriches Karakistan. Right? Is that how it works? Is that how it works? What's the other countries there, Squirrel? Ten members of the Biden family, including Joe Biden, either participated or benefited from the family influence peddling schemes. See, they have no products. They don't manufacture anything. They don't produce anything. The LLCs are an entity for bribery. That's who Joe Biden is. But his main concern has always been your safety. <laughs> Freckin' Democrats. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free. On the Sean Thompson Show. On AM560. The Answer. AM560. The Answer. Turtle on the fence pole. With what we saw from James Comer today, it's, it's amazing that he hasn't been seized by his diaper. What was the Biden family business? That's been a big question of this whole investigation. What was the business? Biden family associates testified that Joe Biden was the brand. President Biden has repeatedly lied to the American people that he never interacted with his son's associates. But when Joe Biden was vice president, he spoke to his associate, his son's associates by speakerphone over 20 times. He dined with foreign oligarchs and a Burisma executive and had coffee with his son's Chinese associate. All while he was vice president. And since you all care so much about Russia, we know that Vice President Biden spoke on the phone with Russian oligarch Yelena Baterina and dined with her as she was funneling millions of dollars to his son. One associate said this phone call was orchestrated by Hunter Biden and Vice President Biden told her to, quote, be good to my boy. Bribery! Treason! Joe Biden, the American Dark Ages. Candace, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. I'll tell you what, Sean, if I were somebody in a leadership position, I would send all these illegals down to Old Burling Street and uh, Astor Street. And then Marco Island. And then New Jersey. Easy. 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 We know who's funding the NGOs who are sending them here. And they're saying things like Barbara Spectra, that white people are just going to have to get used to being a minority when all these immigrants are brought into their country. You know? You take Marco Island off that list or I'm going to cut you out of the podcast. No. Take it off the list. There's nobody in Marco Island. We have no Democrats down here. Call your county is Democrat free. I have to drive at least 25 minutes to find a Democrat in Fort Myers. You can spot him. He's got his pockets hanging out of his pants, and he's begging. Ah, uh, George in Naperville. Yeah, uh, Sean, with insurance costs going through the roof, what do you think of this campaign slogan? Your safety is in good hands with Biden. <laughs> I love it. I love it because the people who are too stupid, you know, the Democrats, those are the ones that they nod their heads. No matter what he says, they nod her head. And do you know in this speech, Squirrel, he did this, this speech where he can't do it long because, you know, he soils himself. He mentioned that low-life rat scumbag, George Floyd, with a rap sheet the size of your arm, passing the counterfeit money high out of his freaking mind, the same guy who held a knife to a pregnant woman's belt, the, the belly, the scum of the world, George Floyd. But he never mentioned, never, Lake and Riley. Not once! 
Do you know why, Squirrel? Because he's a freaking coward. The family's going through, and so, um, but uh, anything else specifically, I would have to refer you to ICE and law enforcement. Just for when you say you don't have anything else in regards to them speaking, so we can assume that they haven't spoken to this point at least. I just don't have anything to read out to you. They don't want to speak to you. Because by the time Joe Biden's done destroying our country, maybe, maybe people will recognize that when someone says they're a Democrat, is a, it is a declaration of anti-American. It is a declaration of absolute and total corruption. Because they all must know. Do you mean to tell me it's still possible that nobody knew what Joe Biden was doing? President Biden also lied to the American people that his family never made money from China. Hunter Biden's work with the Chinese Communist Party-linked energy company, CEFC, began when Joe Biden was vice president. Now, that's not to be confused with Pritzker giving $8 billion of tax people's money he doesn't have to the Chinese Communist Front Group, Goshen. That's another one. They create the batteries that set stuff on fire. CEFC even gave Hunter Biden a diamond during this time to entice him uh, to work with the CCP. And did you know, Squirrel? The diamond is, is, uh, is in the hard drive of the laptop. In fact, there's hundreds of emails where he misplaced the diamond that was given to him by the Communist Chinese Party, and he's blaming his sister-in-law, the widow, the one he was banging. Keeps going back and forth and back and forth about the fracking diamond until she realizes, oh, wait a minute, I think I found it in some stripper's derriere. The Bidens received a $3 million payment as a thank you for work completed when Joe Biden was vice president shortly after Joe Biden left office. $3 million thank you. You know what that is? That's a bribe that even a Chicago alderman, even a fake Chicago alderman with a law degree, even he would call that a bribe. But what else is China doing? Well, China is at it again. It's playing with fire. What I mean to say is, it is experimenting with a deadly new COVID-19 strain, as per reports. And this... Yeah, this is news. You're not going to hear it in America. I have to always go around the world to get the actual news on exactly what the Communist Chinese Party is doing, because they own Democrats like Swalwell, Fang Fang. You know, his wife never left him. Here he gets caught stooping this freak show, Fang Fang. Did you see her? She looks like Huck Finn. Got the teeth, she could eat an apple through a fence. They must like that among the Democrats. He's humping Fang Fang, gets caught with a Chinese spy, and his dimwit Democrat wife, she stays. That's focus, squirrel, focus. One has a mortality rate of 100%. You heard that right. None of those who have been infected with it have survived. Have a look at this report published in BioRxiv. Doctors trained by Chinese People's Liberation Army are conducting these experiments. They have made their own version of coronavirus found in pangolins. The I don't know if she said penguins or parrots, but it's killing things. Scientists administered this lab-made virus in mice. And guess what they discovered? The mice started losing weight. They were slugged. All right, so this is good news for Pritzker and the rest of the Democrat welfare roaches. We found a way to get you skinny, you fatsos. Their eyes went white. And all of this happened after five days of being infected. The virus spread to their eyes, their lungs, and even the brain. That's all right. Chinese communist doctors came up with it. What could go wrong? 
Thankfully, I, I, I am not going to be affected by that squirrel because if China made it, I'll put mustard on it and eat it. Those morons can't do anything, right? Uh, Teresa, Brass Coast. Hey, Sean, Brass Coast, checking in. Um, you know, regarding the beautiful young lady, Lakin Hope Riley, and yes, I am saying her name, Lakin Hope Riley. The so-called justice system will probably name a law after her, like the Lake and Hope Riley Law, and nothing will change. They're not going to do anything not, about well, it. Well, really, because I, 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 I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you some hope. I have uh, family members through my wife that okay. are possibly divorceable. However, they're family members. I have family <laughs> members in Georgia, and okay. I am going to tell you, there is a groundswell that the media is not afraid, to, or, or they are afraid to tell you about. Because the groundswell okay. that's going up, what you saw with this so-called yep. mayor... There will not be Democrat areas where this girl was killed. That college, this girl was a beyond the standout person, a human being, loved by yes. virtually everybody that knew her. There were thousands of kids there. And every one of those kids understands exactly who's responsible for what happened to her. Every Democrat voter for Good. Joe Biden, Good. that's who's responsible. And that's the beauty of this tragedy is that this is undeniable, unlike all of the other realities. Like when they talk about the great economy. Ooh, but nobody focuses on the debt, which goes up at unbelievable amounts by the second, by the millisecond. Or when they talk about the collapse of your buying power, as fracking Wendy's and fast food is up over 20% since this coward, this dimwit in diapers stole the office. And in the meantime, we've known for decades what Joe Biden is. A treasonous whore for sale, like Swalwell. We, we've learned this in our interviews. Why, what that first $3 million payment that we unearthed in our very first bank memorandum, our first of four bank memorandums that we've published, what was that $3 million for? And they said it was a thank you for all the great work that Vice President Biden did in the, Biden, in the Obama-Biden administration. $3 million for a thank you. Get Ken Griffin on the phone. Here's a guy that could light cig cigars with $3 million. Did he ever give anybody a $3 million thank you? Even a hooker. Did he ever do it? Of course not. Right to your freaking face. They tell a lie after lie after lie. How do you even say it? There is no greater responsibility than to ensure the safety of families, children, communities, and our nation. As president, public safety, public safety and crime reduction is a top priority for my administration and for me. Sure it is. And the $3 million, he liked me. He, he wanted to know where I had that dead man doll hair sewn into my head. He was thinning, and he wanted to get it touched up. So he gave me $3 million because I gave him a doctor that was dumb enough to sew that doll hair to my head. Phil in Tinley Park. Hey, Sean. You got me cranked today, and you're, you're like, reading my mind. <laughs> I promise I'm not. Happened to be, uh, Go ahead. <laughs> preface what I was going to say with something I've been reading recently. Uh, it's called Mouth. America, a survivor's warning by Z Van Fleet. I had her on the she show. Survived the, you did. I see. I, I wasn't positive. I thought, yeah. So, yeah. right. Talk about chapter six, the Red Guards, stormtroopers of the revolution. Now, fast forward, 2024, Tinley Park. Uh, me and my wife, we like to go, we go to these, these meetings monthly. Some, you know, we'll keep an eye on how they're spending every dime, especially considering uh, the park district here just bought the old mental health center property, 288 acres for $1 from the state. Huh. 
Oh, weird. I'll bid a dollar ten. In fact, wait, I, I rescind my bid. You'd have to pay me to own property there. But go ahead. Eight Senator Michael Hastings came all the way here because this would happen to be the meeting where it was finalized to you know to celebrate with him. And his pal uh, Rita is on the gaming board, and uh, it's it's uh, we got him. We got all of them here actually. Joan Slaughter, uh, uh, any anyone who ever wanted to turn loose, uh, you know, criminals into the street. We they they all cover. We got one good guy that uh, covers Tim Lee. His name's Ozinga. I know you mentioned him once before, but uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to be up against. So anyway, this slot, um, this um, this Hastings came in, and since we were the only ones, the only civilians, you know, there taking notes, he took a point of it to stand up and grandstand me, looked right at me in front of 20 witnesses and said, a stern warning from Springfield. You know, it was like, don't screw this up for us. I mean, yeah. you know, you know they use they use like gen, they use language at the time it seems gentle and then you think about it a week later I'm like you know that kind of felt like I got a warning I got warned a, a warning uh, from the mob Phil I can help <laughs> right? you. I can help you with something I want, you, I want you to read everything that Saul Alinsky wrote and you know everybody talks about rules for radicals and it's a phenomenal book but thirteen tactics for what did, what was the name of it thirteen tactics for realistic radicals. That's his last book before that rat bastard communist died in at the time what was a two and a half million dollar house in Carmel, uh, California, because he was another okay. profiteer. Read that book and that'll explain everything you live through. Thank you very much, Phil. See, this isn't new. This is the backdoor takeover of the only country built on your rights instead of the government. But look at where we are today. Where what are your rights? Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Now, I'm going to take this call, squirrel. But you keep your finger on it, bud, because if this is a gag, this might be the best gag in all radio. We have a wonderful new listener on the line who is a massage therapist in the west side of Chicago. Now, this could go in any direction. Squirrel, it really can. Maureen in Chicago. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm so, uh, there are so many jokes, Maureen. So many know, on my head right now. Go ahead. I know. Okay, so I used to work, two things, two important things. I used to work at an old boys club at the Board of Trade called LaSalle Club. And I used to work on all the Marina Cartage gentlemen. And then I started working at a spa in the West Loop called Kaya, which was right across the street from uh, Oprah Studios. It's now closed. I remember it. Yeah. yeah, So when um, Obama was senator, Michelle Obama used to come in and she used to come to me. And she was a nice enough lady. I'm not going to say anything about it. No, of course not. And, but here's the thing. She was really good friends with a certain alderman who I shall not name, but he was covered in gang tests. And I found that really odd at the time. And of course, I don't want to out. No, no, I don't want you. Yeah. My, my clientele or speak ill of them, but the dirt I have on some of these clowns (laughs) and the corruption, I could write a book. You should. I, the I would massage like therapist to the mafia. I'll help you name it. Now, I've got a couple questions for you. Did you go to Wishbone 
because I love that place. Do you ever go to Wishbone? The, the restaurant? restaurant? Yeah. Autumn, the best. Right by Oprah's studio. So I know exactly where you're talking about. I used to go to Wishbone all the time. But when you were massaging Michelle Obama, how do you get, you know, I work out constantly. I do the dumbbell, the thing. How do you get that back where you get that muscle underneath the, 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 uh, what is it by your, your shoulder over here on the top by your neck to your shoulder? What's that called? Um, well, it could be the trapezius. It could yeah. be the levator scapula. Well, I don't know. I saw her in that dress when the, the French people came over. And I, I, I did she ever turn to you and throw her jersey and say, would you like a Coke and a smile? No. <laughs> Again, no? John, right. she was very quiet, very nice. I'm not going to say anything ill. And okay. all of my clients were covered with a sheet and a big, thick blanket. All right. Well, sure. You're going to need a thick blanket. You know, because my spot is like that. By the calf, when you rub the inner calf, did you ever see the blanket? No, no, never mind, Maureen. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. A lot of fun. It's hard down here, isn't it, Squirrel? Mike and Hammond. Hey, Sean. Thanks for my call. That last sure. caller didn't get, didn't get the mean Joe Green uh, reference there. I did. <laughs> All right. She might be young for I'm it, but go up. ahead. Yeah. Hey, I got three things. Try to hear me out. Did All the right. Republicans give Hunter Biden... A, a no video or a no recording clause for him to come in. That's what I heard. Maybe you heard the same thing. And two, uh, if you were to be tapped by Trump when he wins this election, hopefully he does. <laughs> what would what would be the what would be the, the position you'd like most to take to attack what's going on? And three, I need a Jimmy Carter update. Okay, Jimmy yeah, Carter's still alive. Not only is Jimmy Carter still alive, he had his he had his uh, uh, his vasectomy reversed, and he's dating Maureen Dowd. Um, but what we have now is, if I were to take any position, I think I would have to go for commerce. I'd go for commerce, and I would expose every crooked deal that not just Penny Pritzker, but every crooked deal that they've signed since the Clintons were in the office, defiling interns. I really would, because the money that the American people are burning on fraud is is, is it's got to be staggering. And, and, you know, that would be something I think that Trump needs to run on. I mean, here's a guy. Did you know this, Mike? Uh, you know, his 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 lawsuit where he uh, is facing what they think is bankruptcy. Did you know, Squirrel, he has 27 properties in his portfolio from golf courses, the buildings to his penthouse in New York. Do you know how much debt's on him? Zero. Zero. Which is why part of the lawsuit was that he couldn't do business with New York banks, which means any bank that is registered in New York, he can't do business with. So they think they got him, but he has a little bit of a stock position that could reap him um, about $3.5 billion. So he'll be able to get out of this, and that's good news. Because once again, the Democrats, you're just stupid. You're stupid, and you're corrupt. And Joe Biden is an absolute traitor, and we've proved it in an election year where the FBI hid the evidence called the laptop. That's all you're learning now. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me. 
When you realize the mafia of corruption referred to as the Democrat Party and what they've done around this country, it's really not shocking that they infested New York and New Jersey. I mean, after all, they were always half-assed mobster towns, just like Chicago. So you kind of expect it. But when you see what they've done to arguably the most precious place on earth called California, startling when you realize that is not just the place of Ronald Reagan, but the place of American success. And yet look at them today. So when I heard this story, because I have such an affection for California, I pay attention to a lot of their news. So when I heard this story last night. New this midday, GOP activists are launching another attempt to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. The group Rescue California, which led the last recall in 2021, plans to serve recall papers to Newsom today. Organizers say this recall is because the governor kept schools closed longer than needed during the pandemic, spent billions on failed homeless programs and weakened public safety. They also like every other Democrat sewer. So I said, get me my California connection, because after all, he's not just the host of Unapologetic. He's not just the co-host of Bullet Point Nation or the author of a phenomenal book, 13 and a Half Reasons Why Not to Call Yourself a... He uses the word liberal, but I want him to use the word Democrat, but it doesn't matter. We can argue it over cigars because he's a friend of mine. His name is Judd Dunning. What are you doing, handsome? How are you? Buddy, we are overdue for that cigar. I'm coming in. I am right. coming in. I'm well, my brother. Thanks for having me on again. It's always an honor and a pleasure. Well, I, I love it. But the reality is you can't come and meet me in my old place in, in, uh, in Illinois anymore. I relocated to Florida like so many Californians. It's amazing <laughs> when I see the California license plates here. And the reality is that's, that's all you've been able to do when the Democrats have such a stronghold like Chicago or, or New York, New Jersey, or sadly, California. Do you have hope in this recall? You know, uh, more importantly, Sean, to open their say, we have moved to Texas 51% of the time. I have a beautiful home in Fort Worth. We've done the same thing. We are two patriotic Americans that have fled for our safety. Our families aren't safe. The nation is continuing to evolve under the Biden administration. How sad is it that we must vote with our feet to protect, to protect our brains and our hearts, man? Yeah, well, my thing wasn't safety because I'm itching for a fight 24-7. My thing was property rights. Because what you have to realize is what we saw in New York City with what I like to call Letitia. Letitia James and the misuse of of a bastardized version of law as a spear for the government to find somebody half a billion dollars and then realize it's just going to the government because they're broke and they need the money and they like the fascism. You cannot afford to live in Democrat areas if you're not in the mafia. That's how I view it. And I think California is getting the same way as you watch the destruction of property rights. I mean, they're taxing very specific people based on their assets. And that, to me, is the most anti-American thing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Buddy, you're you're really on top of California because $75 million was spent to break up this conversation and put Newsom away last time, and he, and he won. The same thing happened with the Gascon, which was my article. They're just pouring money. You know, justice is no longer blind. It's deaf and dumb when it's been bribed. And that's that's the situation that we, you're, you're taking on every day and that I'm fighting. Yeah. How much money are they throwing at keeping this cultural Marxist sewer pit going? And, you know, what can we do except continue to talk to the truth of it? And I, I do think, I do believe in God, Sean. I do believe that something is still out there brewing in the hearts of us Americans to break this up. 
Oh, me too. I listen. I I, I agree. But uh, you know, when you realize when you're a student of history, the atrocities that have been perpetrated by man, I'm uh, I'm going to do all I can while I'm still here. But the reality is, when you see the 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 conflict in reality when it comes to the son of Nancy Pelosi, who just skated his seventh seventh scandal of of fraud from federal indictments, when you see her low life. Uh, husband and the scandal and you realize nancy pelosi is an estimated worth of over 180 million dollars never making more than 250,000 a year you realize that there is a form of of enrichment of of profiting off policy that democrat voters support they don't care that their politicians are robbing them blind and they they, they look the other way when you realize that uh newsom is a recipient of Getty money, oil money. That's the only reason anybody knows this idiot's name, isn't it? Yeah, well, oil and liquor, right? It was bootleg. It was the plump jack. It was the plump jack legacy. And that's right. And they're all connected here in California. I mean, the same thing. I loved what uh, Cad Turd said to Trump, uh, to Tucker Carlson the other day, is that there's trillions of dollars that move back and forth between the elites and the left and the right. They don't really care that much. As long as it keeps cycling through, there's not some disruptor to get in the middle of the game and shut the game down. And if you look at the legacy of California leadership, it's, it's, it's horrible to the bone. And they're putting in people like Gascon, which is backed by Soros, and they're actually selling to our populace that they are more safe under greater government. When the truth is, I mean, just as a simple, a simple element of what's going on over here, Sean, it, uh, there were 757 reported rapes. 151 a year under uh, Gascon, and then it went up to 346 under his policies. He just, with Newsom at the helm, Gascon has uh, has deconstructed 13 misdemeanors here in California, and they just got rid of cash bail bond, and he's got a $73 million billion deficit. There's no positive reflection of anything good happening under the left, and yet they still have this massive of, you know, worshippers, of brainwashed idiots here in California. It doesn't make sense. There's nothing on the page that supports it. It's the same thing we saw today with the Dimwood and Diapers and his speech claiming that crime is down. But these policies that are promoted by the Nazi sympathizer who, as a Jew, uh, supported the Nazis and confiscated the possessions of his fellow Jews, uh, you realize that his... George Soros, his motivation is to implode the nation. That's what he makes his money on. He's done it since the 90s with the British pound. He's done it all around the world. And uh, everybody with an IQ over 60 knows it. The problem is the people with the IQ below 60. We call them Democrat supporters. But the reality is when you see the turmoil brought on by the open border, when you see the difference in Texas, which has shored up its border and ignored the authority of a corrupt Washington, D.C., this is something that I think decent people in California have to be able to recognize. They can't deny the fact that in a couple short months, Texas has virtually solved their illegal immigrant problem. Well, you have still victimized your good citizens. Can they still ignore it? No, they can't still still ignore it because the fentanyl war is really it's decimating our population. I happen to be in the program of for thirty something years, and I go back because there's forty eight million addicted Americans. So I go back as a form of service as my mitzvah, on. And I, I got to tell you, the conversations of fentanyl death, the the amount of of that's poured here into the nation, it's it's wiping people out. So I think you know if you look at it, the basic line I was writing about this is that. The preservation of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it's a contingent agreement, a brittle contingent 
non-negotiable foundation of our contract with government that our life and our safety are first. And what's, what's amazing to me is the left has violated life. They violated safety. They violated civil society. And they still have these followers allowing criminals, sex traffickers, rapists, drug dealers, and other violent offenders to come you know, into our country and, and actually be less accountable. But you know what's interesting is there's no dialogue out there about the victim class of criminals in the news that they need our help. There's no one saying, oh, they're being treated so horribly. It's not like the, uh, you know, the African-American post-slavery uh, shadow on America. There was a reason that we were working through things. There were reason. There's no, there's no mass amount of criminals saying, oh, my gosh, would the victim class take care of us? It's all a leftist deconstructionist plot to grow government, transform our capital. And it's, about, it's not about the constituents. It's about the money. You know, the laissez-faire attitude of, of so many of the, the hippies in California that I admired almost uh, uh, with the ignorance is bliss uh, line in my head as you watch them throughout the 70s and the 80s. But one thing that was certain is they were very skeptical of government information. I remember watching this all through my life, even with Ronald Reagan. They were skeptical of his ideas, even though they were benefiting from them. I'm, I'm shocked at how they have fallen into line of failure Democrat mafia policies. And the immigration one is easy, right, because it's just what they're experiencing. But they still can ideological detach themselves from the reality of violence and crime and mayhem of, of cartels. But what they can't is the fascism of Gavin Newsom as he ignored his own rules, as he put them under house arrest. It's amazing to watch how they're still complacent in the fact of a vaccine that clearly is doing tremendous amounts of damage, was a fraud and a lie and the clots and all the rest of it. What happened to the old hippies? Are they just useful morons to the Fourth Reich now? Yes, yeah, sad, really, isn't it, the baby boomers? Because they did come from the prior generation, the lost generation came with its certain level of ethics that baby boomers had theirs. And then we went into you know, the, the Gen Xers, which you and I, I believe, fall within. Uh, it was a gap generation where it really cared more about the ideology of you know, its, its utopian vision. They, de you know, they, they defunded um, Vietnam, right? I mean, we, we, yeah. we violated that element. They didn't stand with any of, their, any of the American principles, and they still continue to stay, and a lot of them have gone to leadership. I think the thing about them is a lot of them are wealthy. A lot of them benefited from the 70s and the 80s and a lot of wealth generation. So why do these people go against their best interests economically and prosperously? Because... They'd rather do it. They'd rather pay a higher tax. They'd rather take the vax. They'd rather yeah. live on principle. It was a really deluded generation. Yeah, but they don't really pay the tax. I love the scandals of the Democrat donor who got caught with an LLC in Nevada selling his house to uh, Floyd Mayweather. That's an, a staggering story, and you realize how they circumvent the taxes. And you know what else is funny is I went to uh, Northern California. I had to go to a wedding in the last few months. And it's just gorgeous. You know, wine country is just gorgeous. And, and, and it's something when you see the value of land there. It's staggering. Nancy Pelosi owns a vineyard. And the vineyard that she owns was double the size of the one I visited. And the one I visited was worth $110 million. And when you look at Nancy's disclosure of her wealth, she values that property at $8 million. This is the kind of open fraud that I think the people who are those ideological utopian statists, they still want to confiscate the money. Are they aggravated with the fact that the Democrat Party 
has oligarchs that rob them blind, lie about their money, whether it's money from China or their assets like Nancy Pelosi. Are the people of California disgusted with the fraud where if you're a connected Democrat, you don't really pay taxes. If you're a connected Democrat, you don't really have to account for your own wealth, even when it's in the hundreds of millions and nobody can explain it. Are they disgusted? Because I'm relying on that that green eye of communism, that envy that allows them to take people's assets. Are they interested in taking the assets of their overlords or do they just want to stay at home and get money for nothing? Yeah, the elite class, I'd say on both sides, is really a, a, a deep and significant problem. I mean, that, what is the highest paid member of Congress in salary is like 225 a year, 223, something like that. Sure, <laughs> net worth is 150. It's worth 115 million. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that's going on right now, though, with, with I think the disgust. I don't know if it's going to come home, but we know how corrupt the Ukraine is. We know how much money pours it. It's always been a corrupt area. It's being handed back to the, mostly the Democrats right now, right? So uh, I think we're all disgusted, buddy. I mean, inflation is our tax, right? Their omnibus bill has 4,847 pages instead of 28 pages like 20 years ago. Yeah. They're passing all that money. And what's happening? You and I, we're going to the grocery store being told that inflation is 8% higher. Well, we know we're paying 30% more. We know our, our, right. all of our bills gone up. I mean, that's, it's all come back to us. They're living... They're not aggregating wealth. They're stealing wealth from us by what they're doing to the economy and the downline of their abuse to the economy. And I don't think anyone in America is happy. You know, no. but they don't. They're scared of Trump. They're scared of Trump. They're scared of a deconstructive structure. I, you know, I don't now, know Judge Dunning, I got to ask you about a couple specific Californians because this is I mean, I don't know if it's pathetically sad, but I'm too old to cry. So I'd rather laugh. When you talk about some of these elected California Democrats, you know who Swalwell is, the one that, that passed gas on to you. Remember this guy? Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. OK, so the gassy Swalwell was on national TV and he did that in the middle of a scandal where he was caught sleeping with a Chinese spy by the name of Fang Fang. Did you ever see her? She looked like Huck Finn. She could eat an apple through a fence. She had the buck teeth and everything. Now he's married to a California Democrat. Lovely girl. She stayed with him. The whole nation sees that he is sleeping with a Chinese spy, a recipient of Chinese money. Adam Schiff lying fraudulently about the Russian thing, making up the fraud, doubling down on fascism of the masks and the vaccine, also tied to scandalous money from foreign entities. Are these people not upset about that? I'm curious. Oh, I mean, listen, the disgust is rampant, but I think the thing that we have to look at, man, is if you live in California, live in Chicago, you live in New York, this is a democratic, you know, constitutional representative democratic republic, right? So you, if you're amongst the sewer and you don't like the rats, you have to move. And the truth is, is nobody is, you know, you're still whispering about Trump. You're still threatened by what's good and what the alternatives are out here. So... I don't think so, Sean. I think people would rather stick to their guns, defend their utopian dream, burn it all down, and pass the problems on to their children and be right over being, you know, or be, be uh, you know, correct in their opinion over actually being right. I don't see yeah. a movement in, in California of anyone rallying in the streets saying, hey, enough is enough. I don't see it. It's a shame because it's so beautiful, unlike Illinois. But, you know, I find myself doing this because I, I, I did move. And it's not just the weather. It's not. It's not the weather. It's it's more of the 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 affection for knowing that your neighbors 
and your government officials love the principles you love. And it's hard for me not to always say to a caller or anybody, well, move. Do you find yourself doing that to your former Californians, even though you understand psychologically and philosophically why people can't leave? I get it. But ultimately, the experience of revisiting that 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 system where you all share the same principles, it makes me feel younger. Do you find that happening to you? Are you telling your old friends, you got to get the hell out of there? How do you how do you explain the difference between your freedom and the embracement of principles of Americanism in Texas versus the gorgeous totalitarianism of California? How do you do it? <laughs> well, look, man, I mean, I'm a fish out of water. It's 24 percent, right? 24 percent Republicans. So you've got to know. 46% Dems, the rest are like in the middle, and probably, let's say, 20% are there. So it's like a six, I'd say it's like a 60-40. So there are good people in California, man, you know, and so we have, you have to stop focusing on their politics. But when we went down to Texas, and I was like, what? I have to have my driver's license to vote? What? Fentanyl uh, <laughs> since, September, since September 1st, 2023 is an automatic 10 to 20 years in jail for the person you murder by dealing your drugs? Yeah. I mean, there was a certain rationality. You know what else existed there? Yes, sir. Yeah, no, sir. Uh, talk of God. Patriotism. I, you know, so look, I, I, I guess I suffer consciously. They call California's taxes the weather tax, and I'm a surfer. So, But, yeah, yeah. it's a complete radical shift for me, buddy. I mean, Texas is exceptionally flat, and L.A. is exceptionally culturally interesting, and there's great people here. So, yeah. I, you know, I believe in America, man. I believe in America. I do think God's still at the helm. I, do th- I mean, California well, used to have a blow, uh, used to be a blue, uh, red state, buddy. Yeah, no, it can turn around. California can turn around where Illinois can't. But I know I'm getting soft as an old man. I got a ticket yesterday, and I was like, all right, no big deal. I'll pay the fare. Yeah, I didn't mind paying it because it's going to Florida. All right, I did it. In the meantime, Judd Dunning, you keep me posted on if we can turn California around because I think that is the one state that not only has the the brightest possibility, but is the most important. It's the most beautiful state, not in the world, I mean, not in the country, but in the world. Not only that, it is is truly the epitome of Americanism. It's what was the frontier. It's where dreams were made and where people made fortunes, and they were proud to be an American. And it's sad to see it the way it is. So I'm pulling for it, and also, I always know I can go to my California connection, Judd Dunning. Thank you so much, brother. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. God bless. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. There's a lot happening that we used to read about. It really is. Never thought could happen. There's actually a exciting time right now to be alive because we can make a choice of what we do to watch how unmoored we are from the principles that made us the youngest and the richest not just uh, financially but the quality of life and to watch politicians give it away whether they're traitors and are corrupted like joe biden and his upper echelon or they're philosophical fascists it's amazing to watch how bold they are now we have supported all of the European fascism, we really have, over the last 50 years. IMF Bank, NATO, and the EU, all infiltrated by us and our own corruption, all in on the scam. But to watch a German, a Fraulein, that would have made Adolf Hitler very proud, by the name of Ursula van der Leyen, who is the president of the European Commission. To watch her talk about 
the virtue in stealing money and to hear the misinformation as what she's pretending is that she's stealing Vladimir Putin's money. What she's not explaining to you is this money that has been seized in the name of Russia is not Russian money. It's American investor money, some of it. Some of it is American corporate money. But one thing's for certain, all of it is about to be stolen by governments, fascistic, Fourth Reich governments. Ironically, I like my fascism in a German accent. It is time to start a conversation about using the windfall profits of frozen Russian assets. Listen to the words. Windfall profits? There's no profits. You stole the money, you Fourth Reich fascist pig. Jawohl, Herr Commandante. To jointly purchase military equipment for Ukraine. There could be no stronger symbol and no greater use for that money. It does make sense, though, Ukraine, why they want to give the money. The Azov Nazis, one of the only Nazi battalions to really be in existence since World War II, as we enter World War III. So the German van der Leyen is going to give money to the Azovs. And to make Ukraine and all of Europe a safer place to live. It's going to be great, just like Adolf. It was going to be great when he was doing it, too. Honorable members, ultimately, this is about Europe taking responsibility for its own security. That's the part I wanted to focus on, aside from the fascism and the stealing the money and the Nazis, their own security. It's funny, one of the things they hated about Donald Trump is that he warned them of what would happen, like Karnak, the Magnificent, if they hamstrung their own people, the way in which so many Democrat politicians in this country hamstring their own citizens in very specific ghettos like New York or Illinois or parts of California. And that is through the fascism of controlling your prosperity, not just your money, but the way in which we took life for luxury. Our travel, our, our energy, which is the most important common denominator of everything that relates to Americanism or prosperity. And this can be shown the way in which Europeans, like the EU Fourth Reich Nazi whore, von der Leyen, is implementing her economic fascism. But more importantly, what exactly is happening to the costs of life itself in Great Britain or London or anywhere the EU is in charge. Drax Power Station is a large biomass power station in North Yorkshire, England, capable of co-firing pet coke. It has a 2.6 gigawatts capacity for biomass and one... Now what they're not telling you is that since the implementation of the Fourth Reich's taking advantage of the greatest bioweapon released on mankind called COVID is that the energy costs in England have nearly quadrupled. People are going broke, paying to have their electric on in their meager little homes. 1.29 gigawatts capacity for coal. Its name comes from the nearby village of Drax. It is situated on the river house between Selby and Ghoul. It's generating capacity of... Where do you live, squirrel? Ghoul. That means an entirely different thing in Melrose Park. Ghoul. 3,906 megawatts. MW is the highest of any power station in the... Now, it used to be nuclear. Very efficient, very low energy costs. Then it was coal. Used to be coal. 
Now it's biomass. Biomass is a very interesting example to use of the absolute government fascism and the illogic process of biomass. You see what they do, Squirrel, is they're chopping down forests that are 10,000 years old that they think are 10,000. They don't even know. It's like our redwoods in California. They chop them all down. And they're calling it something that you and I have called oil, organic. And in the name of organic, they're destroying millions and millions of 10,000-plus-year-old trees. And they're telling people, it's okay, we're planting more. This is to show you the absolute stupidity and fascism in the eco-Nazi movement that has brought down the quality of life to almost where the oligarchs want it. People often ask us, how can burning wood be sustainable? But the biomass Drax produces comes from organic living matter from forests that are constantly growing. In By the way, organic matter is what oil and coal, natural, all organic matter. But say it to these moron fascists, the people who are Democrats and slaves in your nation, and they go, oh, okay. British Columbia, forest area must be replanted by law. That stable forest coverage means trees are always growing and constantly absorbing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. So the ones that are 10,000 years old and hundreds of feet high, how long does it take to get those back? Because they're, they're eating up a lot more of what you say is a greenhouse gas. And then you realize, Squirrel, the reason that the mafia, the fascistic government and their oligarchs are promoting this isn't because it does anything other than enrich them. There was a man from Goldman Sachs who was particularly in love with turning forests into profits. Has everybody got uh, enough coffee? You might want to get some more. Meet David Blood, former CEO of Asset Management for Goldman Sachs. How much money did Mr. Blood believe should be invested in green energy? Uh, a natural alignment for something in the order of 40 to 50 trillion dollars worth of capital. 40 to 50 trillion dollars. And who was going to help the man from Goldman Sachs? Help him raise that astronomical amount of money? A gentleman some of you may recognize and know, Bill McKibben. It's entirely dependent on what kind of political will we can muster. And if we do not get this done very fast, then we're not going to get it done. Boy, it sounds like money to Ukraine. It's all very fast. Got to do it very fast and we're never going to get it done very fast. In the meantime, it's just profiteering from policy. And so Bill McKibben went forth to generate the political will for trillions of dollars in green investments. Yes, Squirrel. This is that fat slob supporter of the Democrat mafia, Michael Moore. But every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut and a Democrat mafia supporter exposes a scandal, unwittingly, but still exposing. Our next guest has been called our nation's leading environmentalist. And you are, in some sense, the grand poobah of the environmental movement. My guest tonight is on a global crusade. On a global crusade for what? Commit to divesting from fossil fuels. We can't justify investing our money in companies that are basically running Genesis backward. So when you divest from fossil fuels and invest in green funds, what are you investing in? I took a deep dive into Securities and Exchange Commission filings to find out. Now keep in mind, George Soros never had the file with the SEC, never regulated or taxed in this country. But something tells me I smell a Nazi sympathizer. For instance, in the Green Century Funds, 
recommended by 350.org and Bill McKibben, I found less than 1% solar and wind, and 99% things like mining, oil and gas infrastructure companies, including a tar sands exploiter, McDonald's, one of the companies driving meat consumption across the planet, Archer Daniels Midland, one of the world's largest producers of biofuel, Coca-Cola, the largest creator of plastic pollution on Earth, logging and paper companies, including one that brags about biomass burning. Do you know why lumber companies support it, Squirrel? Because it artificially keeps the price of lumber high. And what that'll do for life around the world will make it harder for people to build everything from homes, the factories, and the rest of it. But in the meantime, the connected government oligarchs, the gangsters, the ones who pretend to be capitalists the whole time promoting corporatism, they make a fracking fortune. Lots of banks, including BlackRock, the largest financer of deforestation on Earth. The business that they're engaged in is actually destroying our life support system. The Sierra Club also partners with a green fund called Aspiration. Aspiration also includes dozens of companies profiting from the destruction of the planet, including Chevron, ExxonMobil, Chesapeake Energy. In order to maximize the production potential of the well, the shale formation will be hydraulically fractured. The best part about it, Squirrel, is they are on both sides of the coin. And they're the ones that are using the useful idiots who pretend to be green, not knowing the entire time all that they're doing is taking money from the pockets of their neighbor, driving up costs parabolic, and enriching the very people they claim they want to hurt. Only a Democrat could fall for such a scam. But then again, the Democrats of today were the Nazis of yesteryear. That's why they support all of the fascism we think is a Democrat policy today. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. So when biomass is used to generate energy, like heat or electricity, the CO2 released is that which has been absorbed from the atmosphere by the trees and will again be by growing forests. Biomass is such a small part of the broader forest. Doesn't make any sense, right? You release it, then you pretend you grab it with new... Ah, these frickin' Democrats. Just steal the money like the Nazi chick. The simple truth is we do not have the luxury of comfort. We do not have the control of elections or decisions in other parts of the world. Sure you do. You stole the one in America, Nazi tramp. Dan in Willis, Texas. By the way, how are you doing? You got that carnauba wax on your car? There's fires down there. How are you doing, kid? Uh, I'm doing good, Sean. I appreciate it. All hey, right. I just want to say, you know, talking about all the money getting stolen, how many people have died in the Ukraine-Russia war? What, half a million, maybe more? Give or take, yeah. Yeah, and they want to keep funding that. But look at uh, the Israel war with terrorists, 
a mosque mm-hmm. where maybe 20,000, 30,000 people have died, but there's not to be a ceasefire because so many people are dying well, it's over funny. there in uh, Israel. The Hamas leader today declared on Ramadan that he wants anybody who's a Muslim in Israel-occupied areas to uh, stand up and commit more terrorism. Today they talked about it. Today, right now. So uh, the answer to your question, Dan, is they don't care about peace or prosperity. If they did, they wouldn't support the Democrat mafia. The only question I have for you, Dan, is I'm going to use you as my Texas liaison. When they find out if it's an illegal alien or a Democrat professor that started the wildfires, will you let me know? Yes, I will. Thank you very much, brother. Cara, Orlando, Florida. Love it. Sean, I, I just wanted to share the first thing that came to mind when I heard the breaking news about Mitch McConnell was you saying old lady face. It's exactly what he has. He's the grandmother. He's Grandma Clampett. He's Granny Clampett. And he even sounds like her. Listen to this. So I stand before you today, Mr. President, and my colleagues to say this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. Now, now, before I, I let you go, I want you to hear the uh, Grandma Clampett. What you cooking, Granny? Done cooked and cooled. That's my spring tonic. Mmm, got a dandy head on it this year. <laughs> How come you cooked up such a big batch? You fixing a tonic the whole town of Beverly Hills? That's just a start. Then I'm going to commence on the rest of the country. Everybody? No, just the Democrats and the Republicans. You tell me, Cara, which one is old lady face Mitch McConnell and which one is Granny Clampett? It's, it's a hard call, Sean. Thank you so much for your intelligence and, and also your, your comedy. You, you oh. bring it all, so I appreciate it. Thank you, Cara. We're too old to cry, so we might as well laugh. And the, the best part is, I don't mind a gangster. I used to, I actually miss some of those old gangsters in their Zanzibelt pants with their big pot bellies pretending to be tough guys. But this group of gangsters couldn't win a fight in a wet paper bag. You think Mitch McConnell could do a push-up? How much money is he worth? Whatever you think, triple it, and you're still short. He's married to a Chinese oligarch princess whose father's shipping company, since she married him, has quintupled in value in the billions. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so As I go over the resume and the credentials of my next guest, one thing is for certain, he is somebody who understands what made us the youngest and the richest country. We are the only nation built on the property rights of the individual versus the fascism of government. That's it. It's the Enlightenment. It's called Americanism. Some people refer to it as capitalism, but that's wrong. It's propertyism. And it's really only 111 years since America adopted the philosophy of communism called the progressive tax. And from there leads us to where we are today, technically bankrupt and a Ponzi scheme. My next guest knows this all too well. He worked at the Cato Institute for years. He's also worked for Americans for Prosperity, principal policy and legislative strategist. He now is the president of American Commitment. He is Phil Kirpin. Phil, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? 
aggravated because we're in this Ponzi scheme, this soiree of fraud that allows policy profiteers, political whores to rob my people blind. That's how I see it. And yet yeah. they keep calling it growth. How do they get away with this Ponzi scheme? Well, we've had, uh, we've had some GDP reports where, you know, the headline is, I think the last one in the headline was 3.2% growth. I think all these positive, uh, you know, the economy's growing. And then you sort of drill down, and it's really being driven mostly by government consumption expenditures. And then they revise it, and it's even more heavily uh, dependent on government consumption expenditures. And you're correct. Um, that's not... Uh, that's really, really just borrowing from the future, uh, because that's all those good consumption expenditures are financed uh, through the issuance of debt. And at some point, you've, you've got to pay for it either through higher taxes or uh, through carrying the debt perpetually and paying the interest on it or uh, by having the Fed buy the debt and monetizing it and printing the money. So, you know, the government can't make us richer when the only sources of funds they have make us poorer. And one of the things I'm really worried about right now is you kind of look, uh, my friend E.G. Antoni has a chart that kind of tracks the comparison of where we've been kind of in the uh, in inflation in this episode versus the 1970s. And if you look at the 1970s, it went up to about 9% inflation, then it came down to 2%, then it went up to double digits. And I'm a little worried right now that we might be in the valley between almost the exact same formation because you look at the federal spending outlook and there's no constraint at all on federal spending. And there's no realistic plan to finance it anyway other than having the Fed print money. And uh, you've got a Fed chairman who wants Biden reelected because uh, Trump's going to fire him if he's elected. And so I worry they're going to really open the spigots and juice the economy to try to get through the election. And come next year, we're going to be back to roaring inflation. You know, the side effect of it is that you broke the covenant, not just with the American people. You broke that when you implemented the progressive tax, but you broke the covenant from the Bretton Woods Agreement. You broke the covenant that forever changed the course of not just financial prosperity, but peace around the world. And we continue to cheer it. And we kind of think of it in in the proper terms that you and I do, and we realize it's a Ponzi scheme and it's cooked data. You take away the growth of debt and you pretend it's growth of the economy and the illusion of subsidies, and somehow it turns up as a GDP when you can never really know what the private sector is growing at because it's so tainted with government spending, right? You can't know. But it leads to the turmoil we see around the world because other countries recognize this. I mean, I'm a meathead meathead from a neighborhood. I'm not as educated as 99% of the guys that I speak to. But it's a fundamental principle of economics. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to see the fraud and the bastardization in our currency. So when other countries mention it, we kill them. And this is really where I'm starting to see the fascism that we saw in New York as this going down to individual Americans who start to speak out against it. I mean, Trump's real threat wasn't that he partook in the illusion of debt. He did. His real threat is that he brought outside eyes to a corrupt gangster government and he wanted to kind of fix it a little bit. And you see the persecution and the absence of the rule of law where they convicted him of a crime he nobody committed or everybody committed. And that's the part that makes me afraid of my own government. Rather than pretend Jerome Powell is just a Democrat, this is a Fourth Reich as I see it. And if you speak out against it, you're going to have your assets seized. How do you see it? Well, I think uh, I don't think things are quite as far gone as uh, you do. Uh, I do think we can have a corrective. And you know, I don't even say that it's going to be... Uh, 
you know, I, I, I don't think it's the, the end of times or the uh, collapsing regime or anything like that, because realistically, um, there are not a lot of alternatives to the dollar. I know a lot of countries are trying to sort of develop alternatives, and the BRICS keeps saying they're going to move to something else. But, uh, you know, the fiscal outlook in most of the plausible alternatives is not much better than the U.S. The euro is not really any better than the dollar. You look at kind of... Uh, you know, China's got a demographic implosion. Uh, they're basically having no kids at all anymore, so they've got major, medium to long-term problems. And so I think, um, you know, we're going to continue to have to be the world reserve currency for the foreseeable future. We're going to have to oh. continue to have the ability to print money, I think. But, you know, even if I'm right, first of all, in a worst-case scenario, I'm wrong, you're right, we're going to have some kind of crisis meltdown. That's possible. But, you know, let's say that doesn't happen. We still will have, you know, we'll experience on a chronic basis what we had for the last few years, where prices are going up, you know, 8, 9, 10% a year every year, and uh, you're getting hammered because your income's not rising by anywhere near that amount, and just your, your quality of life uh, gets degraded over time. You can't afford to do things you used to be able to afford unless you put them on the credit card. And then you've got your own personal debt crisis on top of the government debt crisis. And so I think the... Um, there's a reason that most people are still pretty pessimistic about this economy, even though there are all these happy headlines, and that's because they can't afford to do the things they used to be able to do. And uh, well, you know, that's, people are not going to be happy in that circumstance. And I view that, what you just described, as the goal of a corrupt government. I do. Because people who are bankrupt, people who are financially stressed, they're willing slaves to a system that isn't interested in righting its wrongs. See, what I want to do is correct the bastardized principles of our dollar. It's only really in 30 years that we see this massive expansion of debt. So in 30 years, the American citizens have adopted the philosophy of, of corruption, as I see it. And that's why they're able to have something as government interpretation of an economy where presidents and congressmen and senators come out and tell you everything's fine, everything's growing. In the meantime, they have to continue to pass these massive spending bills to keep the Ponzi scheme going. So there is no end in sight if you're not willing to tell the truth. And I'm not suggesting Donald Trump is going to come in and, and fix that. I think the people have to demand for fiscal responsibility, and I don't think they want to. I think that people well, have bought people this leverage scam. I think people are connecting the dots a little bit, that when the government spends money they don't have and the Fed prints the money, it makes the price of everything go up. And, you know, one of the things that's happened to the tax system, you know, over the last 30, 40 years is we've taken, you know, the bottom 50 percent of households off the tax rolls, basically. And so, you yeah. know, if we were paying for government spending through taxes, you'd have, you know, most most people wouldn't wouldn't feel the burden of that. But when you're paying for most federal government through inflation, which is what we've been doing, Everyone gets hit. Everyone gets hurt uh, and hammered by it. And so I actually think that uh, kind of reminding the last couple of generations that didn't live through the 70s and 80s what inflation is and what it feels yeah. like in the last couple of years, uh, there's, been, there's a big opportunity now to actually do something about government spending that we didn't have before that episode because people can kind of see in a very clear way you know, how, how it affects them if they're, not, you know, if they're people who pay very little federal tax. Well, one thing that I've witnessed because I'm a Chicagoan, is that oftentimes crisis is the goal of government because it's within that crisis the excuse of seizure and overtaxation comes. And I can't imagine that that's far off when you see, you know, you say $34.3 trillion, what, what is it, a billion to an hour? What, but, but ultimately, when you factor in the unfunded liabilities and the obligation, sooner or later they're eyeing the retirements of American citizens. That's how I view it. And in, an, in, a, in a collapsing economy, it could be an excuse for taxes on death. It could be an excuse for taxes that break the rules 
of, uh, of, of retirement law. Because, you know, when I saw what happened in New York, I, I don't care if you like Trump or hate Trump, the government nullified the principles of capitalism. So what are the rules when there are no rules in Democrat areas? That's the part that I think is the goal, to bankrupt us. Yeah, you know, there's actually a, um, there's a paper that just came out from the Brookings Institute that's got a Democrat and a Republican name on it, which always makes me a little bit scared, uh, that actually proposes exactly what you said, that proposes uh, getting rid of 401ks, taxing 401ks as a way to uh, finance Social Security benefits after the trust fund is exhausted. So somebody's already floated that idea of going after retirement accounts as a piggy bank uh, for financing government. I don't think the politics are going to be amenable to that. Uh, but the fact they're even floating it is is uh, pretty scary. And you know, to your point, look, there's a there's a reason people f- are fleeing all the blue states, and they've had yeah. a huge uh, they've had a huge domestic out migration, uh, and it really was kicked off by uh, the Trump tax cuts, getting rid of the state and local tax deduction, which exposed people to the full impact of state and local taxes, rather than kind of you know letting them get half that money back on their federal returns or almost half. And that kind of kicked it off, and then all the insane COVID policies accelerated it. And, you know, I think, um, you know, that's fine. I, you know, if you want to do these crazy things at the state level or the local level, you know, that's fine, because people have a lot of mobility, and you will have some, we could point to the corruption and the insanity in places like California and Chicago and New York, and, uh, you know, we can show why Texas and Florida and Tennessee are booming. But the real danger is exactly what you said. It's that... They start governing at the federal level the same way they've governed in these kind of broken uh, liberal places. And, um, you know, they want to stack the deck in a way where they'll have permanent control federally the same way they have permanent control in, you know, Chicago and New York City. That's why they want to add D.C. as a state, Puerto Rico as a state, stuff the Supreme Court with a court packing scheme. And then, you know, then there are no breaks and they can go all out. And so that's a very real danger, I think. Uh, well, we need to understand that they will wield power in the same way nationally that they have in these places if uh, if they're able to do so. And what fits into my suspicion is the bipartisan way in which we've gotten here. It's astonishing to me to watch the lack of resistance. It reminds me of the Illinois Republicans. And it's not long before you realize at a certain point it's the profiteers of, of, of policy and collapse. And I'm wondering, on your site, um, theamericancommitment.org, you... Um, signed on to a letter opposing the bipartisan fiscal tax or our commission tax trap. Explain that to me. Well, there's a, um, the, the Republican chairman of the House Budget Committee, Jody Arrington from Texas, has come out publicly and said we need to raise taxes uh, because if we, if we raise taxes, then the Democrats will sit down with us and we can do a deal where we cut spending and raise taxes and we've got to be serious about the debt, so we need to raise taxes. And... Uh, this is a classic trap that Democrats always set for Republicans. And once they get you to agree to raise taxes, they take the tax hike and they spend all the money from the tax hike and more. And you never get the spending cuts. And of course, you know, Reagan famously cut a deal where you're supposed to get $3 in spending cuts for every dollar in tax hikes. And the tax hikes happened and the spending cuts never did. And we, we saw similar uh, things in a couple of budget deals in 1990 and 1993. Uh, the only budget deal that ever actually balanced the federal budget was the 1997 budget deal, which actually cut taxes. It did not raise taxes. That's when we got the capital gains tax cut. And right. Clinton signed that. And, and you know, they, there's this principle, and Milton Friedman talked about this, but, you know, the amount of money that politicians will spend is every dollar they raise in taxes plus as much more as they can get away with. 
And so the idea that you can solve a, sp- a spending problem and a debt problem with higher taxes, it's just never worked anywhere in the world. No. You look at what happened in Europe where they said we're going to do value-added taxes, basically national sales taxes in all these European countries, and we're going to use that to pay down our debt. And every European country that did that now has higher debt than they did 50 years ago when they did that. And so I, I just – it's a huge trap, and I hope more Republicans don't fall into it because uh, the whole this, – this, if this Arrington bill passes with his bipartisan fiscal commission, the only thing it will accomplish is – getting Republicans to sign on to tax increases. And by the way, Uh, one of the main reasons anyone votes for Republicans is whatever other dumb stuff they're going to do, they think they're not going to raise their taxes. So if you give that away, it's it's very bad politics. Well, history is, is, is the benefit we have. We know that the true growth of the prosperity of, of the ordinary citizen is when he's allowed to keep his own money. I'm still I'm still blown away. I have to tell you, every time I revisit the Communist Manifesto and you read the the thoughts of the of the the fathers of communism, they knew that a progressive tax would disincentivize people from not just uh, striving to make more money, but from paying attention. Is there's a defeatist mechanism in a progressive tax, and the ordinary guy who's listening to us right now, the truck driver, the bricklayer, the carpenter. He's taxed out of his derriere. He's taxed to where he almost doesn't want to make more money. And it's because they've carved out these nuances for the connected and the political uh, uh, elites and the people who bond knee to the, the, the favoritism in our tax system. Don't you think there should be more of a push by so-called Republicans for the only thing that's fair? And that's the flat tax for everybody, whether you make a dollar or a billion. It should be the same. Yeah, you know, I, I think the, um, you know, I, I definitely agree with you on the flat tax. And we've actually had enormous success in recent years getting states to adopt flat taxes. Uh, Iowa and Arizona just did it. And we've, I think we've seen six or seven states in the last, maybe since 2021, move uh, to a flat tax structure. Um, you know, at the federal level, it's been a huge political winner when it's been done. I mean, Jerry Brown nearly won the Democratic nomination for president in 1992 on a flat tax platform. Uh, and Steve Forbes, out of nowhere, with no political experience, made it pretty far in 96 on the Republican side. And so I think the uh, it's the simplest thing in the world to explain. And, you know, the the big Democrat talking about what do they always say? They say, oh, the rich don't pay their fair share. They don't pay anything. They cheat. They hide. Every-. OK, if everyone pays the same percent and it's a flat tax, and there are no loopholes, and there's no way to scam it. You can't get lawyers and accountants. Uh, then it's fair to everyone. I mean, what's the you know what's the what's the political pushback to that? I think everyone who hears it, more or less, except for you know the hard left that really wants to punish success, uh, they'd be on board with that idea. But but um, and we haven't had a lot of momentum at the federal level. But I'm hoping that all these states that are moving in that direction will will build back towards you know another real push at the federal level because I agree with you. I think uh, not only is it the most economically efficient, it's also um, the most morally justifiable method of taxation as well. It treats everyone the same, which is, you know, one of the most fundamental principles of our constitutional system is equality before the law, and I don't think a progressive income tax that qualifies. It's interesting when you see the the nature in which um, this has been able to move forward, and I I, I use my neighborhood, my old uh, area, as an example. When you increase the benefits of being on welfare, and if you look at these Democrat strongholds, in some cases for a family of four who are deriving their sustenance from welfare. It's the equivalent of earning seventy, eighty thousand dollars for a working guy who's supporting his wife and two kids. 
So when they do this, you know, you mentioned in the 90s, one of the main things that, that was tied to that, the, the tax cut was welfare reform. Now you look at the Bidenomics and you realize that the numbers, the sheer numbers of people that are on welfare, even high earners when you factor in the Obamacare subsidies, have they managed to navigate the waters of, of allowing people to subjugate themselves to government? Because so many, when you're talking about over 50% of people when you factor in Obamacare, are, gaining, are, are on some form of welfare. And they just don't call it that. They call it subsidies. Do you think they've been brilliant in the way in which they've normalized welfare in America? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's sort of brilliantly devious. Yeah, I agree with you. Look, I mean, the, uh, we had one of the most successful uh, policies in world history with welfare reform in the 1990s. And we changed cash welfare from a program that disincentivized work to a program that required work. And uh, we saw the welfare rolls dramatically shrink and not shrink because people were starving and dying in the streets like Democrats said they would, but shrink because people were moving off welfare and onto work. And so that policy produced exactly what we wanted it to. But what, what Democrats have done since is uh, when we should have been expanding that success with cash welfare to things like housing subsidies and Medicaid and food stamps and all these other federal programs, they went in the other direction, and they actually weakened even the uh, work requirements for cash welfare, and they, they basically uh, used the pandemic as an excuse to dramatically expand it. And, of course, you know, with, with your point, uh, with a, to your point, with Obamacare, they originally passed it as subsidies up to 400% of the federal poverty level, which is getting into pretty lofty territory. But then during COVID, they got rid of the cap. There's no income cap for qualifying for Obamacare subsidies anymore, and they've extended that uh, a couple of times since. And so that's still the case. And um, what you do when you have all of these benefits, all these government benefits that are available, to your point, you create this enormously unfair situation where you've got people who are not working or working very, very little that actually have a higher standard of living, higher real incomes than people who are really busting it and trying to do everything the right way. And uh, not only does that create really bad economic incentives on the margins, which is bad for the economy because people work less, produce less, and so forth, but you, it, it's a moral atrocity as well. Uh, you're you're yeah. punishing people who are doing the right thing and rewarding people who are not. And this, to me, was one of the biggest disappointments of what happened last year uh, with the uh, debt ceiling negotiations, is Kevin McCarthy went in and he said, we're going to go, we're going to be super tough on work requirements, we're demanding work requirements on housing subsidies, work requirements on Medicaid, work requirements on food stamps. Uh, and what, what ended up happening in the negotiations is they uh, totally removed doing anything on on housing subsidies. They totally removed doing anything on Medicaid. Uh, they totally removed doing anything on cash welfare. And they said, okay, we're, we're going to do these reforms to work requirements just to food stamps. And that's what ended up in the final bill. But they were so, the, the Republican negotiators were so incompetent that they actually ended up weakening work yes. requirements for food stamps in the final bill. They were more, they, they, which, I mean, how, how do you... How do you set out to strengthen work requirements and end up signing off on, on weaker work requirements at the end of the day? But they, they, they did because they created these big categorical exemptions, and then the states still have their discretionary exemptions. There are actually going to be more people exempt from food stamp work requirements than there were before that bill passed. And the, the most insane thing to me about, about that whole thing that happened is um, the, they, there had just been an election in Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. I want to say this was April of last year. Maybe it was the year before at this point. But there was a. Yeah, it was Ron. Court. Was it the one Ron Johnson won? 
No, this was the one oh. for the state Supreme Court where oh, the Democrats okay. took over the state Supreme Court. Yes, and so yes. the Democrat was winning by like 10 or 15 points for in a statewide election for the state Supreme Court. The same day, they had a ballot question that was just like one of the, it, it wasn't like a law, but it was just like, a, you know, to get the opinions of the voters. It was like, it was like, I believe, you know, the wording was something like, you know, I believe there should be work requirements for all welfare programs or something like that. It got 80%. It got 80% in Wisconsin the same day a Democrat was winning the Supreme Court, and somehow Republicans fumbled that issue that was totally teed up for them in those negotiations last year. And, uh, and the other thing that's crazy about this whole issue is the way the government does its official income statistics and its inequality statistics, they don't count government transfers and they don't count taxes. They use pre-tax, pre-transfer income. So all they do is they say, look how horrible inequality is. Inequality is getting worse, so we need to pass a new government subsidy program. But then the way they do the statistics, no subsidy program can ever actually move the numbers because they don't include them. Phil, you know what this means? If the government was a business, everybody in it would go to jail. That's the saddest part of it all. And that's why I need AmericanCommitment.org to really start educating politicians. Because what they've learned is all they need is that Bob Barker haircut and that cheesy suit and a line of bull dung. And they get elected. They have no fracking idea what they're doing. And they're ruining the future for my unborn grandkids and your unborn grandkids and great-grandkids. It's a real tragedy. And that's what I'm hoping is that basic economics can be explained to uh, talk show frauds who are uh, elected politicians. That's all these guys are. They say one thing to one group, one thing to another group, and they walk in and, and, and they destroy the country. The idea that we are ignoring the collapse of our, our principles of our currency as we ignore the, the debt or the ridiculous omnibus bills. That, and the, the explanation of what you said is how could they do it? Because they don't read it. They don't read any of it. I'm convinced. They just go to work and they say, okay. I, I think that's the only explanation for it. Well, I'll tell you what, um, as much pain as we've had <clears throat> with all the inflation the last three years, one thing I think it definitely did is it's woken people up to uh, how they pay for government spending, even if there aren't tax hikes, how it hits them in the price of everything that they buy. And I don't think people connected those dots uh, because inflation had been so low for a couple of decades before that. But now I think they really are much more attuned to it. And so there's a real opportunity, you know, depending yeah. on what happens in the elections this year. I think if we actually get... Republican House, Senate, and White House this time, like we had in 2017, they've got to actually deliver on some, some spending cuts, and I think they'll have the impetus behind them if they've got uh, the guts to do it, and uh, I think people will, will actually reward them politically for it, which hasn't necessarily been the case in the past. So I'm a little more optimistic than you are. Uh, well, I think the Democrats are mostly hopeless, and Republicans have been pretty bad, but I think that uh, I do think we have an opportunity uh, if they get another chance to do better than last time. I'll be optimistic when I see you behind Trump or behind one of these guys. That's when I'll be optimistic, because at least you could explain it to these buffoons. In the meantime, you can go to AmericanCommitment.org to see all of not only Phil's writings, but the, the mission of AmericanCommitment.org. Thank you so much for making time for me. All right. Thanks, John. Have a good one. You too. We'll be back with your calls and comments. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. It's raining men. Hallelujah, it's raining men. This is a transportation department official mantra, isn't it? I believe it is. Turn it up for Pete. Speaking of rainy men, uh, I don't know if you saw the transvestite, who, by the way, 
is a man. I mean, it's unbelievable. Here's your, your six foot four dummy with a wig on and lipstick. Listen to the way he talks. The senator may state it. Madam President, how many votes will be would it take uh, to pass this bill with the emergency clause? That would. Do you think if you slur your s, you're you're going to pass off as a woman? Not to mention you're clearly a man. You got a back like Franco Colombo or Michelle Obama. Four fifths, Senator. And what would be the exact number for that, uh, Madam President? Yes, sir. That would be thirty-two. You know what you're hearing now, Squirrel? Because she said yes, sir. Because. It's a man. You're not fooling anybody. So the lady says, yes, sir. And the man in a miniskirt and a wig gets up and leaves because he's offended. I am not here to upset anyone. I am here to do the job that the people of Virginia have called me to do. Now, here's the thing. Stop apologizing. That is a man, baby. And I don't give a rip if he wants to be called Sheila. You are a fella in a woman's costume. Like Rachel Levine, you're not really a woman. You're not really an admiral. You're just a man pretending to be. And that is to treat everyone with respect and dignity. I myself have at times not been afforded that same respect and dignity. And that got me thinking. This is what this entire ridiculous movement, and I can't wait to meet Riley Gaines because she did something I think every woman should do. This is an insult to every woman. And the idea that you're forced to pretend that that's a woman, when your eyes are telling you what it is, shows you that we are, that's right, we are in the novel 1984, where two plus two you're being told as a society is five and they will torture you until you agree with them. It is never five. It is always four. And a man who wears his mom's skirt and a wig and slurs his S's is still a man. The senator may state it. Madam President, how many votes will be would it take uh, to pass this bill with the emergency clause? That would be four fifths, Senator. And what would be the exact number for that, uh, Madam President? Yes, sir. That would be 32. You're right, honey. Yes, sir. Mister. It's an insult to every woman that you've ever loved. Your mother, your grandmother, your daughter. To pretend that these men are women. They are not. Cream Puff Jim, you're not a woman. You're just fat Democrat. Anyway, I was going to say Bitcoin... You know, Biden's way with, with the Bayward breath for this uh, Supreme Court. If you can work with he said, he's, I've already read the uh, the results. If he can be, work with impunity as president, he can make the first zero, zillion dollar coin like yeah. zero, like zero. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to buy it. going to take. Nobody's going to buy it. No, no, buy it. It's buy like it. real estate in Chicago. We'll when the Democrats are we'll in charge, nobody wants we'll it. You can't food. give it away. See, Squirrel, that's what happens when the only thing you read is the back of cereal boxes. Jerry in the Western Burbs. Jerry hung up. Hey, Sean, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you, brother? Good. Got a question for you. Uh, Two points, actually. But now, usually we end up with these scenarios where the government creates a problem and comes in with a solution that's generally worse than the problem. Mm -hmm. So bringing in all of our recent arrivals here... 
What do you anticipate possibly being a solution on that? Well, I think you have to defend the the uh, immigrants that came here legally by not calling them immigrants. They're not immigrants. They're not immigrating. They're breaking. They're usurpers. Yeah, what, what is going they're, to be the solution to these 11 what? million people here that have shown up in the last three years? Well, you have to go. You have to go. You have to go, and you have to pay back the money. And if you can't pay back the money, that third world hellhole you came from that has the exact same philosophical political ideology of Chicago Democrats, then that that country that produces nothing, that country is going to get a bill. That's how you solve it. Yeah, but my man, we've got a lot of we got a lot of women that live in Hinsdale that get really loud about stuff like that. You know, don't they don't care. want them in their house, but they want the whole deal here. The second uh, thing know. I was going to bring up with the uh, Chicago Police Department right now is kind of caught in one of those knots they don't know how to get out of. They promote based on race. Yeah. But you got a fellow that's an Egyptian. And he listed on his application when he signed up on the force as being Caucasian because there was no Egyptian. He should have been African. Well, that's what he wants to change his race. Now, if you're a Chicago police officer, you can change your gender, which will make you more points on the promotion. I got to tell you, I feel bad for the coppers. I I do. I feel bad for a lot of coppers. But, you know, I also know there's some rat short-in-the-pants mafia members that are coppers, too. But one thing is, uh, I, 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 they voted Democrat for years. They went along and got along. So to a certain extent, I, I you know, whatever. They get what you... Right, they I voted, mean, they made you, their bed. They got to sleep in that's it. That's it. You're a Democrat? Have fun. Take the red line. And there you go. What do you think of that? The only one I really feel absolute and total tragedy for are the ones that are shot and killed by the gangbanging scum who have the media and the politicians protect the gangbanging scum, like we saw yesterday with Ella French. An emotional day for the family of slain Chicago police officer Ella French as prosecutors played graphic police body cam video of her murder in court. Dane Placco was at the Layton Criminal Courthouse today. Elizabeth French was surrounded by a large contingent of Chicago police officers as she arrived at the criminal courthouse for the first day in this long-awaited trial. Also here, former Chicago police officer Carlos Yanez, who was shot and nearly died in that same attack. Scores of Chicago police officers packed the courtroom and the hallways, including police superintendent Larry Snelling. We will always carry Ella's legacy. No, you won't. You're, you're a Democrat. I feel bad for the actual good coppers. And what's funny is to watch the people deny the video that has the low-life, wretched, gangbanging scum murdering her. And he has a defense attorney who's doing what? And his mother, who looks like she's about six years older than him, says he didn't do it. And this is the dystopian future that the people got themselves in by supporting Democrats. Simple. You want it all to end? Stop voting for them. They're American communists. That's all they are. And they're a mafia that'll destroy the quality of life, even if you think you're in on it. You're not really in on it. You're just a useful idiot when you vote Democrat. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. My lovely honey bunny just informed me a Cook County judge orders Donald Trump removed from the Illinois primary ballot for his role in the January 6th riots. Oh no! You mean he won't win Crook County? You're a freaking joke, Your Honor of Gatsangul. 
What's wrong? Did you not get in on the Table of Wisdom LLC? You crooked Democrat rat. This is my favorite part about the so-called lawyers and judges in the ghetto, once great city of Cook County. Ghetto. You're a fracking joke. And what you did to that city and county, you should be in prison for the rest of your miserable existence. Because you love the mafia. You were rubbing at Burke's fat ass. Yeah, you were. You were kissing his wife. Ooh, your honor. She didn't go to law school until she was in her 40s. Her first job was the Supreme Court chief in Cook County. You're a fracking joke. Like Grady Preckwinkle. And what are they called? The Cook County commissioners? A punchline. Especially the Republicans. Not just the ones with the plastic dog on their head. But the ones who were making money on the side from the gaming rooms and Gold Rush and all the rest of it. You're a fracking joke. Your whole county, your whole government. You don't have any. Take them off the ballot. Who gives a rip? The cemetery votes Democrat anyway. Low life rats. Kevin in Las Vegas. Hey, Sean, I do have a question about Donald Trump and that uh, true, uh, true social merger. We watched the FTC squash two deals in the past few weeks here with uh, Kroger and Spirit. There, there's no way they could step in and, and sabotage this whole thing. I mean, they can't be happy that he's going to get a bunch of money, right? Think about this. The low-life scumbag in charge of the SEC was in bed with the FTC founder's parents. In bed. He's a Democrat asset and apparatchik. He's the one who made sure that FTC could go public with virtually no paperwork. None. In fact, it was a Ponzi scheme from day one. And the SEC said, okay, come on, right here. You, you get an IPO. But you, what are you guys, Republicans? Oh, no, no. No IPO for you. This is a gangster government. You just watched a city try to bankrupt a guy because of his politics. They find him based on nothing other than what they thought his cash was in the bank. That's what they find him. No explanation. There is no plaintiff. There is no injury. This is Caracas when Hugo Chavez walked down the street and said, that building is Venezuela's. That building is Venezuela's. That's what the American Democrat is. A Venezuelan communist fascist pig. Only the food's not as good. I, I, although Letitia looks like she knows good food, right? Fatso! We'll be back in 21 hours to kick their teeth down their throats again. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.